0: Welcome to The Kaleidoscope with Allison Keyes. This is a podcast from CBS News and I am your host. Every week we discuss issues including gender and race. It's Pride Month and many cities are holding parades, flying the Pride or Progress Pride flags and celebrating the LGBTQ community. But amid the joy there is worry, Advocacy and civil rights organizations have been raising concerns over a spate of laws, mostly in Republican-led states they say are attacking the LGBTQ community. The human rights campaign says at least 18 states have passed legislation blocking transgender women and children from playing on female sports teams. Three states have blocked doctors from providing gender-affirming care to transgender youth. And in a New Texas lawsuit, a mother says her son attempted suicide over the governor's directive to investigate the use of gender-affirming care, such as puberty blockers, as child abuse. At least nine families are under scrutiny. Casey Pick is with the Trevor Project, the world's largest suicide prevention and mental health organization serving LGBTQ young people, and tells us such laws are hurting them. That conversation after this short break.
1: Temp Check. Time. Minimum ten dollars per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. We are in the midst of an ongoing wave of anti-LGBTQ bills. Over two hundred and forty, and counting, this year that have been passed and introduced in state legislatures across the country. And we know that these hostile bills are having a significant effect on the mental health of our young people. Our recent survey revealed to us that an overwhelming majority of transgender and non-binary youth are worried about this anti-trans legislation, um, whether that be being denied access to gender affirming medical care, access to bathrooms consistent with their gender identity, or just the ability to play sports uh, consistent with their gender identity. We found that 85% of transgender and non-binary youth say that these recent debates about state laws have negatively affected their mental health. And two thirds of all LGBTQ youth are being negatively affected by these debates that demonize our community. I've got to ask you about
0: some of, I mean, I'm gonna come back to the survey in a minute, but I've got to ask you about some of those laws about trans women and girls being unable to compete on quote unquote female teams. What are some of the most egregious
1: ones that you guys have run across? Just recently, Ohio has moved forward a bill that would require visual inspections and verification of an individual's gender if it is challenged. Now, I can tell you, as a cisgender lesbian who used to play sports, I was bigger and stronger than a lot of the girls I competed against, and I was already bullied for being too masculine in a lot of ways. If an opposing coach, player, parent, could challenge my my identity and take me off the field that way, I probably would have given up on sports entirely. And that would have taken away an important source of support, belonging, and physical and mental health for me. And so that is what our transgender and non-binary girls are up against today. And it is reflected in the really low rates at which LGBTQ youth participate in sports and trans and non-binary youth at even lower rates. And that Ohio issue allows
0: genital exams. I mean, some coach can go, hey, pull her off the field and send her to the doctor?
1: Yes, that is exactly what that bill does. And that is a form of discrimination and stigma that we know contributes to mental health challenges and increased suicidality. It cannot be allowed to stand.
0: Speaking of suicide, your survey has some alarming numbers considering the number of LGBTQ youth that have considered suicide. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: So this year, our annual national survey found that 45% of LGBTQ youth seriously considered suicide and one in five trans and non-binary youth actually attempted suicide in the last year. These numbers are stark and disturbing and should inspire policymakers and communities to do everything it takes to be more accepting to provide the mental health resources and support that our youth deserve. Unfortunately, we've seen politicians going the opposite direction, and that's having a negative effect. So tell me what your survey
0: is showing about the rates of anxiety and depression among LGBTQ young people, and is it different for those of color?
1: So what we're seeing is that 73% of LGBTQ youth reported experiencing symptoms of anxiety, including more than three quarters of trans and non-binary youth. When we look at questions about depression, we see that 58% of LGBTQ youth are reporting experiencing symptoms of depression, with that being two-thirds for trans and non-binary youth. And yes, those numbers are higher for youth of color, reflecting several of the intersectional challenges and other events that have been occurring this last year that are targeting people based on their race and the communities they come from. This
0: is Pride Month for many people. These numbers must be just incredibly disconcerting.
1: It is. It is critical that people know that LGBTQ youth are not experiencing these high rates of mental health challenges because of who they are. We're seeing these numbers because of how LGBTQ youth are treated and mistreated by society. So Pride season, being a season in which we have the opportunity to celebrate our identities, celebrate our communities is such an important time in the year because It raises up the opportunity for representation that we know inspires our young people to know the best of what our communities can be. And it allows for people to learn and educate themselves on these issues so that they can create the kind of welcoming, accepting societies and communities that we know are associated with much better mental health outcomes.
0: For people that don't know how to do that, talk about some of the ways that they can help the community in general, and particularly the the young people that
1: are under such assault right now? The Trevor Project recently released a report raising up various different ways that, in particular, parents and guardians and family members can show support. So one thing that was really powerful was being accepting of an LGBTQ young person's other queer friends and mentors. So that they know that they can be themselves, they can bring their friends or their partners home, and find that kind of acceptance. For transgender and non-binary youth, a really powerful way of showing acceptance is using the correct name and pronouns and doing so consistently. In schools and businesses, part of establishing a culture where we share our names and pronouns really does go a long way, and that can be as simple as including, say, your pronouns in a signature block in a college email account.
0: For people that don't understand, and I just recently ran into some of them, can you explain the term non-binary?
1: Sure. Uh, A transgender person is somebody whose gender identity, whether they feel that they are a man, a woman, boy, or girl, or something else entirely, Um, is different from the sex that they were assigned at birth. So non-binary will be somebody who does not necessarily identify as being a boy or a girl, uh, may not use the traditional pronouns of he or she, but instead may want to use the pronoun they, them as a singular, which as somebody who does a lot of writing, I like calling out that that has been part of the English language going back centuries and common for some of our most famous writers, including Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, I've
0: just got to ask you one more question. Uh, young people are having such a hard time right now. Does it get any easier as you get older? There are, There's more LGBTQ representation in movies and on television and in and, and commercials and that kind of thing. Is it
1: any easier at all? It can get easier. We do know that our LGBTQ youth are particularly vulnerable because of the extent to which they are so dependent on their families and their family environment, and they have limited choices about the communities in which they live. So that's why it is so critical that families, communities, and schools where our LGBTQ young people spend so much of their time are as accepting and affirming as possible. It makes such a huge difference. Our research has found that having just one accepting adult in an LGBTQ young person's life reduces the risk of suicide by up to 40%. That was Casey Pick with The Trevor
0: Project, the world's largest suicide prevention and mental health organization serving LGBTQ young people. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks to Alan Pang for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Alison Keyes, CBS News. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News Business Analyst, Certified Financial Planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast